Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Well, we do, and a few other sports because we're dead smack in the middle of the ICC T20 World Cup. Welcome to uh, the show. Chris Lynn, the greatest, oh, well, arguably Australia's greatest T20 batsman, uh, joins Badger myself shortly, the Professor and Fletch, Brian Fletcher, Bears head. On the show, Chris Nelson previews a big Saturday of racing. But uh, yesterday, Badge and I caught up with the, one of the great rugby league journalists, Pete Bedell, to talk about uh, what's going on with Mal and, and selecting the team in uh, alphabetical order and, and so on, and a few other things rugby league related. Let's get the chief league writer <laughs> from the Courier-Mail on the line. He'll sort this out for us. Pete Bedell, welcome to Sports Day. Hello, boys. I didn't think Badge would ever get fired up or angry, oh, boys. What's no, going on? No, no, no. Actually, I'll need you to clear we something up. We love Badge. For... <laughs> Pete, clear something up for us. Um, yes. We've heard conflicting reports. Do you know who's going to start in, at halfback for Australia against Lebanon? Well, I'm hearing, guys, it'll be Nathan Cleary. I mean, he's been the best player in my eyes for two years in the NRL, and I tend to agree with Jace. I thought DCE's back half of the season for Manly was probably as bad as I've seen him play in quite a long time. Like, I'm a huge fan of DCE, but he's, I thought he really struggled at the back end. And I, I just think Nathan, for me, is the form halfback of, of the competition and he deserves to be the seven. I think it would be sweet reward for what he's done for Penrith over the last two to three years. Have you been watching the uh, the World Cup with a lot of interest? I don't know, some of it's been a bit tricky because there's been plenty of big score lines, but finally getting down to the uh, the pointy end. So you must be a bit excited about it. Yeah, actually, back you know what, I I love international football. I mean, I know a lot of people think it's Mickey Mouse, but I've, I'm a traditionalist. I remember the days of yourself in the in the mighty green and gold badge in the number one jumper, and I've always had a great regard for international football. Look, I've got to say, I think there's probably too many teams in this World Cup. I'd probably go with a 10-team World Cup in the next phase. But look, some of the games... Have, I, I thought they would have been a little bit more competitive, especially England versus Samoa. I was really looking forward to that to launch the tournament, and it was a real letdown. But I think now, I think the final eight teams are pretty competitive. I think Lebanon will do okay against Australia, and I'd love to. I can't wait for, for Samoa v Tonga. I think mm. that'll be a Pacific Island uh, blockbuster. So I can't. I, I'm looking forward to the knockout phase and. Now the, now the real game start, which is great. Pete, you mentioned uh, Badge in the number one jersey. How pathetic, how horrible has has the numbering for, <laughs> for the Kangaroos Paul been? from Narrabeen has said, I think what a lot of people uh, have said, he said, I'm with you. Can't get my head around those stupid numbers for the for the uh, Aussies. Can't believe it's been done. Just ridiculous. Doesn't make – I can't make any sense of it. What do you reckon, Pete? Oh, Badge, don't get me started, honestly. <laughs> I No one hates this. No one hates this system more than me. I think it's an absolute joke. And Mal Meninga's partly to blame for all of this. I mean, I, in my eyes, he didn't have the courage to just come out and say that Nathan Cleary was going to be his number seven. So he wanted to form this ridiculous numbering system based on the alphabetical order or the number of caps for Australia. I mean, just, just have the balls and pick Nathan Cleary as the seven, right? And so all the other nations have gone with their best one to 17, and then the other guys have been picked from 18 to 24. So the numbering system still could have been valid if Australia just picked their best 17. Instead, Mao Meninga wanted to play mind games, and I just think it's made a whole... It's made a dog's breakfast of the, the whole numbering system. 
And if you're new to the game, you don't know the positions, you'd be all over the shop. So for me, I Mm. I think it's been a real disappointment. Just keep it simple. Is that why the media release today from uh, the NRL had the team, uh, the 19, announced in alphabetical order as well? I had a feeling it had to do with the whole DCE versus Cleary thing as well. Of course, Jace. I mean, what else is it? And this is the thing that, that annoys me. We all, we're not stupid. Like, just just man up. Pick the best 17. We know who the halves are. Like, we know Nathan Cleary's the best seven in the game. That's fine. Like, I'm sure Daly Cherry Evans would half concede that. So just pick your number seven. And even if there is media discussion about it, who cares? We know Nathan Cleary's a great halfback, as is DCE. So you can't lose either way. But I just think it's I think it's lacked courage, the whole alphabetical system. I, I just don't like it at all. Now while that's been going on overseas, back home there's some uh, some bit of drama between the clubs and the NRL. Still no collective bargaining agreement. The uh, the clubs have been trying to get this sorted out basically for the whole season. And I reckon they're gonna they're gonna uh, sidestep Andrew Abdo and go straight to Peter Volandis. Well are they gonna get this sorted soon, Pete? I don't I don't think they even know what the salary cap is yet for next year, exactly. Yeah, well, Badge, it probably won't get sorted too soon because I find that the, the posturing in all this very fascinating. I mean, suggesting you're going to bypass Andrew Abdo to go to Peter Valandis is a bit like going to mum instead of dad when you don't get what you want. I mean, the bottom line is Peter Valandis and Andrew Abdo are united in their sentiments. So... I don't see the point in going to Volandis because they both feel the same way on a number of topics. And what people don't realise, Badge, is there's been a list of demands sent to the NRL. 26 pages of demands have been sent to the NRL from the clubs and the RLPA. Now, like, that's a farce. I mean, 26 pages of demands. And I know some of the demands, some of them are over the top. And I think that's part of the reason this has taken so long to resolve. I mean, there's just so many issues to wade through. And at the end of the day, I think the the deal the NRL's put to the clubs is pretty feasible. They're, they're lifting the salary cap by more than a million dollars. The players will be paid better than ever. So the new salary cap, from what I'm told, will be in excess of a million, $11 million. It's currently around 10. So I think it's a win for the clubs players we paid better than they ever have. Mm. So I, I hope it gets resolved because I think at the end of the day, we just want the CBA done. It should have been done by now and hopefully can get sorted in the next two to three weeks. Do you reckon there is one demand that may be blocking a decision? Like they just can't, they can't agree on both sides? Well, one demand, Jace, that I know is that the RLPA is seeking a right of veto on every decision the game makes, which to me is ridiculous. Mm. I mean, the game is the governing body. Mm. Who does the RLPA think they are to have a say in every decision the game makes? It's nonsense. So at the end of the day, let the NRL run the show, let them run the finances. And I think they've shown in the fact that they're about to announce record revenues and record profits, that Peter Volandis is very fiscally responsible. He knows what he's doing. And he's shown that he's been very proactive in getting the game back on track through COVID. So I I think Peter Volandis is pro-player. He's shown that before Mm. during the COVID period when players didn't have the drastic pay cuts that we first forecast. So I think Peter Volandis is always considerate of the players' interests and, and I, I, I hope they can get it sorted because we just want to go into the new season 
with the players having certainty about their payments and their futures, and we can enjoy the football they produce. All that, and he's good with money too. And he's very good with comedy. His stand-up is particularly <laughs> great as well, so I hope he takes that on the road. <laughs> hey, it's, it's November 3, Pete. We haven't seen a feeding frenzy with players coming off uh, contract at the end of 2023. What's going on? Do you know anything? Oh, there's a couple of things, guys. I mean, we, we see uh, the great uh, John Bateman will be coming back to the NRL. He's set to join the Tigers again. Uh, but I've got a, <laughs> I had a story today that uh, the Dolphins have formally expressed interest in Dylan Brown, the Parramatta playmaker who's off contract next year. So that will be interesting. He's, Parramatta's got a real issue on their hands. They can't afford to keep everybody. And Dylan will command big dollars on the open market. So I know the Dolphins, having missed out on Cameron Munster, they will be targeting Dylan Brown and they want to meet with him when he returns from the World Cup. So keep an eye on that one. And uh, I know Kobe Hedrington's done a new deal with the Broncos and at Penrith, the Premiers, they're looking to extend Brian To'o and Steve Crichton when they return from World Cup duty. So a couple of things going on that uh, could be a few months before we see some more big-name signings and retentions. Yeah, the problem with that is a lot of those big names are playing in the World Cup, so I don't think they're going to be doing these deals straight away. But, um, yeah, good on you, Pete. Okay, and, yes. and, and just, just quickly, um, yeah, the Dolphins, the, the new team, there hasn't been a lot about them recently. Is there any sort of buzz around? Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one, Badger. I spoke to Wayne Bennett yesterday, actually, about this. They actually start their pre-season on Monday. It's, it's meant to be, of course, such a historic day because there's a new club coming into the NRL officially with their pre-season launching. But uh, talking to Wayne, and he's got 17 players away in England on World Cup duties, and he'll only have a squad of about 10 kids at training on Monday. And even Christian Wolfe, his chief assistant, is over at the World Cup with Tonga. <laughs> so it will be, it'll be a pretty small pool of players there on day one at Redcliffe, and I'll be out there seeing them go through their paces. But, yeah, the, I guess it'll still be a while, Badge, before things crank up. I know Wayne said January 4 is when he expects his whole squad back, so he'll have all 30 players available from January 4. So for the next six to eight weeks, it'll be pretty pretty much work to rule. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be exciting when we do see them play their first trial. I think that's when we'll start to see some buzz around the new club. Have they got a home yet, though? I guess that's the big question, or they're just no, the no, Dolphins? No fixed address. No fixed. SeaWorld Dolphins. They're just, <laughs> they're just travelling around like the lions. <laughs> yes. Escaping. The ones at the zoo? Yeah. All oh, right, I got you. Mate, this is why you're the chief leg rider. This is why you're the head honcho. This is why you're the big cheese. You've got all the good oil. We appreciate you sharing it with us tonight on Sports Day, mate. No worries, boys. Anytime. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Sats is on holidays, and we've got one of his good mates, uh, Chris Lynn, on the phone. Of course, he's all part of the SEN commentary team. Did a great – oh, you should have heard him. I was driving home last night listening to Linny. He's like a – he's been doing it for years. Like he knows cricket. It's, I know. It was incredible. Well, you amazed. Uh, it's important to buy Australian right now. You know that's not what I meant. Linny, Chris Lynn, one of the great T20 players of all time, joining us now on Sports Day. G'day, Linny. Hello, gents. How are we? Thanks for that warm little intro there. Mate, outstanding <laughs> effort last night. What's it? Is that your first crack at commentating? Yeah, it was actually. I, I did, I've done a little bit of TV stuff, but it, as you know, it's totally different to radio. You've got to sort of 
describe everything. But mate, I really enjoyed it. And um, obviously, when you when you know the game, it makes it easier. But you know, the hosting stuff's a, a whole different level. So I'll keep I'll let, leave you guys to that, and I'll just keep watching the ball and, <laughs> and calling it as I see it. Yeah, one of the hard things in commentary, Linny, at times is not being biased. I don't care if the Raiders are playing on biased in Queensland. But last night... Oh, North Devils are playing on bias. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But New Zealand and England, did you have a preference? Were you kind of hoping that um, the Kiwis would get up? Oh, look, obviously, if the Kiwis got up, it would have made life easier for Australia. But I actually want the World Cup to just to be great for the viewers. Um, You know, we talk about, you know, Australia got to win by so many or whatnot, but... And the fact of the matter is you've got to win the early games, and we didn't do that. We got thrashed. So we could actually earn the right now. So for Australia to win the comp, they, I believe they would have played their best cricket coming up, and they're not going to do that if they get an easy road. So I actually don't mind the result last night. Woogie's a bit off him, reckons they're on the nose, and he's got a lot, a lot of support from our listeners, which I find um, I find troublesome because I'm, I'm always going to support the Aussie cricket side. So I'm not going to ask you what you think about them you know, in that sense. But um, have you got any confidence that they can still go on and win this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the lineup. you look at the match winners. Um, to be honest, the last World Cup, everyone rode us off um, and we absolutely blitzed it. So, as I said, you look through the 1-11 to there, not even 1-11, to the whole squad, and they're, they're just full of match winners. Um, and you know what? If Davey Warner, Glenn Maxwell, these guys haven't fired, but that means they're one step, one game closer to, to coming off, and they're actually going to hurt teams. And you know, they come off once, they get that. You know, people ride the wave of that, and it's brilliant to watch. Yeah, but wasn't the form around the World Cup last year? Australia in much better form. Our form leading into this, and our form during this competition has hasn't been quite as it was in Dubai, though, Linny. Yeah, I think it's probably just. Probably just unsettled, I reckon. Like, we experimented with Cam Green up the top, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but was that the right thing to do? You know, was Finchie sliding down the order? You know, you know all these little things in the lead-up, resting guys, um, whereas a lot of other teams got their combinations and balance of the team, you know, spot on. But as I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and you won't know until the end of the tournament. But, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's out there. I suppose one thing we are, you know, that we do actually very poorly as Australians is go negative very quickly. Um, so I'd like to just see us keep hanging in there from a fan point of view. And I know there are guys that are still supporting them, but you know whether it's from the press or whatever, we're just so quick to jump on the negative bandwagon. And let's turn that narrative around and get behind the lads. I know you know, Finchie knows he hasn't scored the runs that he wanted. You know we don't need him to tell. Like we don't need to tell him, mate. Let's all get behind him, rally behind him, and mate, you'd be surprised how much fake bluff the Aussie team actually have and how many games of cricket they've won by fake bluffing, you know, fake noise, fake everything, puffing the chest out and, and playing the Australian way. He's talking directly to you, Woody. Nah, He's look, not talking to the fans. No, I've got, you He's know what my issue is <laughs> with cricket doom. Australia. No, I'm not. Listen. I, it's not just me, mate. Look at the text machine tonight. No, we're talking about the, their, their on-field performance, not about all the other stuff. On field, and stop, it's well, it's not up to par. Off. It's not, it's not up to the standard that cricket Australia is normally at. I want to throw this at you, Lenny, and I'm not being controversial. And this bloke knows more about cricket than all of us and all of our listeners. Ian Healy, apart from Lenny, yes, of course. Sorry, present company excluded. Mm. Ian Healy this morning on SENQ made a really good comment, and you mentioned combinations. The other teams got their combinations right. Have a listen to what Heels had to say about bowling. And what Australia is using Starkey for? The most dynamic performer, which is Mitch Stark. He, he has 
having his ability to adapt really tested in a quick short quick short turnaround you know over the last 10 years he's been the the best in the game at first over wickets in one day internationals now he's not bowling up front in that first over he, he's bowling later in the power play when the ball's not swinging but he's our biggest swinger so and and it's turned out he's now the best in T20s for bowling dot balls in the power play Right, so th- this is these are things that have changed very, very quickly. I wonder if this is a good use of data or it's just too hard for Stark to adjust to so quickly in a 10-day turnaround. Chris, do we, do we use too much data when it comes to, you know, working out who bowls where? I mean, we all know Stark is one of the best swing bowlers in the world and the ball swings the most at the start of an innings. Yeah, that's dead right. But I suppose, you know, cricket is a stats game at the end of the day. And, you know, you actually don't really need selectors in a game of cricket because the numbers are right in front of you, um, plain and simple. But for me, uh, yes, Starkey's just being a left armour. Like, I know when there's a left armour, how many teams have a left armour up top and always get a wicket first over? Um, you know, the guy from Pakistan at Freedy does it, you know, relentlessly. And, um, yeah, look, the numbers, Starkey might have been a bit lean in his numbers and they might have just hit the panic button a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the data is there and you're just putting the odds in your favour. So if it is you know, a matchup of Hazelwood or Paddy Cummins versus someone, um, whereas Starkey might have great success against uh, who we play next, Afghanistan openers. So they might throw in the ball or, you know, Glenn Maxwell's bowled the first over, you know, a handful of times and often got a wicket. So, you know, it's not just set in stone that, you know, Stark's the only man to take the first over, but as I said, uh, he, he, he's still, you know, he's still world-class. He mm. bowls 150 kilometers in swinging Yorkers. I'm not getting my front foot anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, uh, it, it, yeah, it is obviously easier to watch from the sideline and coulda, shoulda, woulda, but, um, yeah, T20, the batsmen, if, if you get used to all those patterns, I suppose they send out guys to, you know, counteract that. Um, much like in your in your footy code, you send someone out there to do a job, and it's not a sacrificial lamb, but it's you know it's it's up there to take just change the you know the mindset of the opposition captain, much like a right and left hander as such. You make a lot of sense about yep. needing that sort of flexibility, Lenny. You, you said it's easy on the sideline to to make comments, but do you find it easy on the sideline watching? Is there still party that goes, I wish I was out there. I know you haven't played T Twenty for Australia for a couple of years, but you kind of wish you were, you were out there. Um, Oh, yeah, in some instances, you just, you know, when they were singing the national anthems, even last night, England versus um, New Zealand, they'll sing the national anthems, I'm up in the box, and you get, you know, a chill down your spine. Mm. But I, I think once I reach your blokes, you know, you guys' age, I think I'm going to get the exact same thing because that's what drove you to become an Australian cricketer or a sportsman or whatever, that's your dream. So, you know, at the moment, you know, those chills go down your spine, then I think you lose a passion for watching the game in general. So, um, you know... I haven't, as I said, I haven't commentated on that much, uh, many games of cricket, and I absolutely love talking about the game, and it's something that I want to do post career. And mate, I, I don't have any um, regrets, um, you know, from a career, you know, standpoint of playing T20 franchise cricket and you know, giving away Sheffield Shield and things like that. Life's too short to worry about all that True. kind of stuff. Mm. You're, you're pl- going to play with the Strikers this year, is that right? And and yeah. still got overseas yeah. contracts coming up. Yeah, that's right. So I actually head off to Abu Dhabi in about two weeks' time for a T10 tournament. It's a, it's a long tournament, that one. goes for all of 12 days. So, <laughs> um, be, and then I'll be back down. Oh, no, I'm not back down. Straight down to Adelaide for, um, yeah, my first stint down there 
and play 11 games for Adelaide and then go actually back to Dubai for the new new Emirates League, which is it's, it's a really big league. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You need a bag man or someone, someone <laughs> to carry your bags? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get in the queue. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Mate, we're, we're happy that you're playing for the strikers. A little bit touch and go there for a bit, but Cricket Australia has cleared you to play in the BBL, which is great for the great for the game here in Australia. Linny, where's the best place that you've played cricket in the world? Uh, like, obviously, everyone says their home ground because you're, you're friends and extended family. And everyone can make it there. But I think... Um, packed house at the MCG, which I'm fortunate to be a part of, 90,000. That's a, that's an experience. Um, Mumbai, Wankedi Stadium, watching Sachin Tandorka walk out the bat, you know, is just definitely, wow. you, you can't hear the two out on the field. Um, you know, a bit like, a bit like Satz's try-saving tackle, basically. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> but uh, what else? Um, Kolkata um, at Eden Gardens is another one wow. where they don't have, they didn't have seats at the time when I first played, and there's just hundreds, like there's a hundred thousand inside the stadium. There's another hundred outside, and just the, you know, the passion of the Indians, and mate, it's yeah, it's something that it's really hard to describe. And I actually encourage everyone to go over to India to an IPL and experience what it's like because. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. But I've had the you know, ability to play at Lords, and that's obviously the home of cricket. You know, I don't know how they call it the home of cricket, and they can't even make it a flat oval. It's on a, it's on a, a big <laughs> angle, but um, I've worked that out. But yeah, there's some great grounds. And look, another favourite actually is the Adelaide Oval, since it's been redone. Um, you know, the day-night test there. Oh, I haven't actually been down there, but they say it's just a festival for five days and absolute um, belter, but yeah, that's one thing I'm looking forward to uh, is getting down Adelaide and, and scoring plenty of runs and just earning the respect of my teammates down there first and foremost. There you go. Linny's top 10 yeah, places wow. to play and they're all outstanding. <laughs> wow. You've been around. Good on you, Linny. Thanks, mate. We really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, and good luck with the cleanse. Yeah. Like with the, I hear you cleansing at the moment. Oh, oh I did. I, I had a three-day fast, yeah. Well, I didn't. only had water and black coffee, but... You know, I reckon I won't be doing that anytime soon. It was actually a good mental challenge, but uh, I had a couple of beers on the weekend, but yeah, I had a month off the gas. And my body feels awesome and, and just set myself up nicely for a big three months of cricket. So looking forward to it, lads. Uh, good on you, Chris yeah. Lynn. And I hope we hear you in the SEN commentary box again. Chris Lynn, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Always a pleasure. Thank you. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Every Monday we catch up with Joel and Fletch, although Joel's down in Melbourne for the Melbourne Cup. It's the Professor and Fletch. Badge, where were you last week? I was uh, away on a trip. On a ho- yeah. I, Actually, we went on a, we went on a surf trip uh, accidentally together many years ago, Fletch, but I heard you were on Did a you? surf trip too. I went back, Badge. I went back the to tellos. the Tellos. Where'd you go? To uh, Timor. Oh, was it good? Really fun, yeah. For an old Is bloke, that, you wouldn't have yeah. liked it. You, you're too young. You would have, it would have been too small for you. It was only three or four foot. You're was it um, Rotty? Rotty? Rotty, yeah. It was. Yeah. Badge, what's it like travelling with Fletch and his mates in Indonesia? Well, we Is didn't travel. Word? No, yeah, well, they were a bit no, out of control. No, but you were there at the same we time. Were, we were quiet. I was actually, I was a bit off. I was, wasn't great, and I got, I got cooked on about the second day. It was too much surfing, and... But they were partying all night and up again at about six in the morning going again. They're mad. 
It was good. We had the Gary Belcher. So our, our gang, we had the surfer of the tour got the Gary Belcher Award, and I had to physically go and get Badge out of his room <laughs> what to was present the, the trophy. What, were, what, what did you have to do it? to win the Gary Belcher Award? Well, you had to surf well, but you also had to grow a mo. Oh, sweet. So oh. who could grow the, the, the best mo in seven who, days? JJ won it, didn't he? JJ, yeah, JJ's too Champion. Yeah. He was too good. He anyway, too good we've us. had a bit of fun. Yeah, and where do we know where Sats has gone? Um, Nowhere. He's just getting gout checks. He's going to every specialist. <laughs> he's a mess. In, uh, in southeast Queensland to try to work mm. out his gout issues. Mm. Why? What's, what's the. Because he's, he's too healthy. He's got arthritis. He, he, he's very healthy. Mm. I, re- I reckon he should just get on the, on the drink for about a year. Drink do the opposite yeah. to his body. He looks after himself. His body's a temple. But he's, he's got this gout, these arthritis what's, what's the issues in his from? elbows and his feet. I think it's hereditary. Mm. Oh, so it's not it's not gout. It's arthritis. Well, it's, it's both. Like that. He lo- he prefers to call it arthritis, but right, yeah. okay, because the yeah. uric acid buildup. That's what the gout is. It's awful. I had it once. Right, what well, from drinking we, VBs? What were you it? surprised you got it, to Fletch? <laughs> no, I just woke up one morning. <laughs> only once. He- <laughs> I only got it once. I went, "What the hell's this?" And did somebody have a look at it? The gout. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got the club doctor. I was over in, was over in England. No, you were playing at so the So you said, have a look at this. You lifted up the sheets. Well, people say people say that. People say you can't have – people with gout say you can't even have the sheet no. resting really? on you or if a fly lands on it. it and I got up in the Is morning. Is that bad? And my, This was the worst pain I've ever had. Worse than that finger. Worse than this finger. It was horrific. So people who have gout know about it. It's and like they'll be, like they'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Do you think a lot of your listeners have gout? A lot of listeners. No, no. A lot of people. Healthy. A lot of people have had gout. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Self-inflicted. I get it. Do you? Now it's let's, horrible. Let's move, boys. Let's move on with people with her who have gout. Badge, I want to get your opinion on this. Are we going Cleary or are we going DCE as our seven? Well, what have I written on my notes here? Cleary or Cherry Evans? You haven't given an answer. Though. I don't know. I was going to ask you. I, I, I don't think Mal knows yet, but one thing I do know, I hinted that maybe they could both make the team against no. Lebanon. Won't happen. No, you, you can't. can't. When, you've got, when you've got Hunt and um, Harry Grant there, you can't have one of those no. on the bench as well. No. But, all right, Badge, I'm going to put you on the spot. We are now fast forward and it's the semi-final and we're, and we're playing Tonga. No, we wouldn't be. We'd be playing someone else. But if we're playing uh, New Zealand, New Zealand. Yeah. we're playing New Zealand. There we go. Because yeah. that may or may not happen. Who's your seven? I'm putting you on the spot. Cherry Everyone's Evans. healthy. Really? Is that because of the incumbency or you just like the idea of he's, he's a Queenslander and yeah. you suck? Queenslander. <laughs> yeah, but, no, no. His, his combo was, was outstanding. He led Queensland to, to victory. This, and it was unexpected, as you kind of said off the top. But combo with, um, with, those, with Munster and, and the two hookers and – uh, I, look, I, he's, he's got a tough decision because because yeah. clearly Nathan Cleary is the I would say the best, best. half in the comp, and he if he's picked, I won't have an issue. He deserves. He's going to be there. Maybe Mal goes okay. Hey DCE, this is your last chance, mate. Off you go. Nathan's Playing taken the, over from here on in. Right, just gives him just gives him one more test for his yeah for his loyalty. But what do you think about Sats's comments that Munster will have a big say in who the seven is? Well, not the seven, whoever's playing Tedesco, half, maybe. Oh, he gets to pick it. Munster. He goes to Mal. Well, yeah, I, I reckon I yeah, that's feasible for well, sure. Would he ask Teddy? Do you think he should ask Teddy? Yep, definitely. I reckon the, he should. Teddy's the captain. I don't know about asking He'd ask the Cam senior Munster. players. He'd ask the senior players. Well, Badge, when you were playing in your heyday, um, or even for, for the Raiders, would you be 
asked? What would, would Cheensy come to you? Oh, not for a major decision like that. It might no. have been what what flavour ice cream do you want after <laughs> after dinner tonight? Uh, or or maybe well, a young bloke coming through. Okay, which one's impressed you the most? He's a new young winger that has to come in, but never. No, he'd, he'd talk to Mal. He'd talk yeah. to Dean Lance, the skipper before him, but not me on that stuff. What about when you were fullback for Australia badge? Was there ever a time when you were up against someone and you had to pretend to the media to be really polite? Gary, Gary Jack. Yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> was it UV? And were you, were no, you polite to him no, or were you I, giving it to him? I never pretended to be polite to Jimmy. No, we, no. we actually we, we roomed together on in 86 on tour and – and it was all fine because he was the incumbent. I was just out having them, you know, I was playing midweek and winning 60, 80 nil and having a great old tour and I was never going to get his – he won the golden boot that year. That's so, right. um, no, it was all amicable there. But um, yeah. And what about coming up behind you, nipping at your heels? Was there anyone that – Oh, 1992. I was the I was, Hoff. I was the number one. No, Hoffy was he, – he played great for Queensland when I was out injured. Yeah. But, no, Brandy. Brandy was scoring five oh. tries a game on tour and I thought I was going to get dropped. We lost the first test. Yeah, it wasn't and, fun. And I mean, I've seen your backflips. You've seen Brandy's backflips. Oh, I've seen mine. I yeah, saw yours is outstanding. I land on my head. <laughs> Not a chance. He's the man. That's close to the most vision I've I've seen in a row. Is that Brandy backflip? It gets run like fifteen oh, times a year. Yeah, well, that was amazing. the first time anyone ever seen it. We saw uh, Chock come and do was it. Was he in a circus or something, Brandy? How did he? Was well, he, 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 grew up, he grew up in Penrith. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty. He's an escape artist. He's a pretty similar sort so, of thing. So, Fletch, your opinion on that then? Cleary or Cherry Evans? If you Cleary for me, yeah. Right. Only for, and you just said it. He's the best halfback in the comp. But I guess the last time the two of them came head-to-head in representative mm-hmm. football, DCE had it all over him, right? If well, you not, had to all, go off, not all over him. Well, He had a little bit of help. Referees. Oh, oh please. <laughs> Here we go. You're kidding. What? <laughs> I, I can't believe Ireland are paying eight bucks. Gamble responsibly, but... Given given form going into the game, Australia haven't clicked yet. Yeah, you're right. There should be about eighteen. No, the only team <laughs> we beat, the only team we've beaten is Sri Lanka. Look how they're going. Yeah, Ireland's only ever won on the Duckworth Lewis because that they're both Irish. Well, there's a bit of rain. <laughs> <laughs> there's that's a bit really, of rain about. Yeah, there isn't there thirty percent chance? So maybe that's brought shortened the Irish in. Do you think? Because mm. even no. um, Finchie, who the last twenty matches has said he always bats second. Yeah. Uh, two times out of twenty, even he's contemplating batting first because he wants to. He's worried about the old Duckworth Lewis. Yeah, against the Irish. Sounds like a law firm. Hey, you um, know what else we're doing? What else? We are giving away. Uh, well, we're, we're getting people to uh, go in our Melbourne Cup sweepstake, and Woogie's come up with this incredible idea: the last horse is the winner. Yeah, instead of first. So if you're losing, oh, you he said he said it fits like in it. nicely with our show. Yeah, pair of losers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got you got the ratings as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh. Not good. Well, we had the great David David Gately in, and uh, of course Gator mm. in the racing. Um, and didn't the SMSs come in about praising oh, they him? Love him? They love him. They so boys, love him. we've got the Sugar Files, and as you know, Sugar uh, Joel Kane is down in Melbourne, twenty from the last twenty-four, all that sort of jazz. So they've only. They've only ag- agreed on one horse, and that's the favourite. So for your listeners, these are Gators tips, 24, 8, 6, and 18. Sugar's tips, 17, 8, 9, and 11. So between that, Put all we should be – seven on then. Yeah. We should be able to get a, 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 a quarter – and a quarter, a first Try four. something. Who who's like? the favourite? Who's coming last? Who's – who have you tipped to come last? Well, I don't know. No. I, don't know. I haven't even looked. Well, at that's the... what I want to know the rules, Woogie. Because what if what if one just stays in the barriers? 
No, it's yeah, got to be. They've got to get past the post with a jockey on board. Oh, so the last. Oh, so right. it's last past the post okay. with a jockey now, or someone. There might only be twenty-two runners. Yeah. yeah, there might be a couple left in the gates. A couple of jockeys this, fall off. It's not there the wacky be... races, mate. <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, sometimes it's, it's, it's it is. the Melbourne Cup. Hey, boys, can I ask you a question, Michael Checker? Yes, coaching Lebanon Saturday morning our time. Then the net in within twenty-four hours, coaching Argentina against England. Has this ever? Happened in any at any other time in sport? I don't I don't know, but I love it. Do you you because you were the dual international <laughs> Fletch as we learned? I, I think it's I think it's terrific because he's a proud Lebanese man, yeah. um, and he's got the job down there for Argentina. But I don't know whether they we don't know whether this because you heard about the robbers, the thieves yes. that came into the room. Yes. Well, they knocked off the rugby league laptop. We he, he's got a league laptop and a union laptop, and they stole the league laptop. So we were wondering. What was what sort of on there that he didn't want to? He yeah, what's the, the difference between his two? Yeah, league lapids. and union. And why doesn't he want them to touch? Why is he worried about all the information being in one? Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> why don't weird. you want the leagues and the? It might just be to... the Lebanese national anthem he's trying to learn or something. No, he Teach knows that boys. for sure. He knows mm. that boys. Uh, it's time for this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, a Brisbane teenager is lying in critical condition after inserting his genitals inside of a blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> A Highgate Hill teenager is lying. Um, <clears throat> so Ed Ed Monty is 17-year-old. He was rushed to the Brisbane Private Hospital mm. after suffering from breathing complications, cramps, diarrhoea, nausea, and vomiting. The young man later revealed to medical staff that he had an allergy to fish and had been <laughs> in contact with a living blowfish. So this is a quote from Ed. I was always told not to eat fish. Since I'm allergic, I was never told that I, I could suffer from an allergic reaction just by putting my genitals near one. Uh, oh, now no. his mother, his mother has also been interviewed. Eddie's mother, mother said her son had learned a valuable lesson, and hopes other teenagers will refrain from such activities after hearing of her son's story. What the hell's going up there in Highgate Hill, boys? Is that, I don't know. Is that Crash Craddock? Did he write that article? <laughs> <laughs> I think he yeah, got so mixed up. His mates, yeah, his mates got mixed up. But what if There's the blow? Supposed to be a sucker fish. What, what, if, <laughs> what if the blowfish was allergic to nuts? Oh, very good. <laughs> it was already <laughs> dead. What you've done there. Well, was the blowfish dead, dead or alive? Uh, it, and was it was it um, in, inflated? Because you know they're it, poisonous, right? Yeah. Whether whether or not I know that from the Simpsons. Whether you are or not you're allergic to it, but you can have. They reckon the best sushi in Japan comes from the blowfish. Why have you had it? Yeah. Because it's so dangerous. No, I, I haven't. But listen to this. In 2017, a similar event occurred after a scuba diver enthusiast was hospitalised for a similar allergy after attempting to insert his genitals right. inside the blowhole of a humpback whale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No. He was out in the Great Barrier Reef, so another Queenslander. I wonder so many blokes go out while watching. <laughs> Yeah, exactly about, right. I'm just thinking exactly about George right. Costanza with the golf ball. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a titleist. No wonder you can't get on the newspaper of these running it. Is this in the Courier Mail? This is in the Highgate Hill <laughs> Gazette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Gazette. <laughs> very good publication. SGHG. <laughs> it's a good read. <laughs> it is a good read. Uh, no answer to that, boys. Uh, no. It's just another no. day. I think it we've got similar day. A graders tonight, Will, haven't we? We have. I didn't yeah. even see yours. You go, Badge. Or Halloweeners. Do you get it? As in the kids coming around yep. or oh, just, anyone? I, I kind of get the little kids. <laughs> but it's oh, come on, just, boys. You do it. You're, putting kids, you're putting smiles on kids' faces. Have you ever asked a kid what Halloween is? 
Mm. No? No. I don't know. Yeah, what, what is it? Do you know what it is? No. It's American. <laughs> no, it's, it's some spooky it's American, not American thing. No, it's, it's, it's not American. Yeah, it's uh, Ireland and Scotland started it. Yeah. Right. The Americans stole it. So like they they still can have it. Why do we want what? What's it got to do with us? Well, it's it's a bit like Valentine's Day. Do you do you celebrate Valentine's Day? No, no, no. not since I was eighteen. I met my wife. But there was a, a lady during the week that put a sign out, and you could probably do the same thing out the front of yours. Um, it said, "This is Australia, not America." <laughs> F off with your Har- Halloween shit, you <laughs> little seeds. <laughs> oh, <so laughs> no, just out the front. Yeah, there you go. Look I, at that, I left home oh, this off. afternoon, and my wife had a <laughs> massive bowl full of all sorts of. Oh, Keys? Stop. Fill the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, blowfish. Queen's Zenith get up to All right, well, let's do this, boys. I'm going to put you on the spot. If you're a kid and you rock up to the door, yeah. what are you hoping for? What would be your favourite lolly or your favourite candy? Uh, well, they're all wrapped now. Did you yeah. know that? Doesn't you, have they have they doesn't it doesn't have to be wrapped. She actually be wrapped had, now. She had a heap of chupper chups. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, mm. Kit Kats, I like Kit Kats. Kit yeah. Kats, as long in the as they've been in the fridge. Yeah, Milky Bars. I'm a Milky no, Bar fan. Milky bar. Just yeah. anything like from a favourites box. You know those. Oh, favorites. Yeah. But what about lollies? Like Turkish delight. What about like uh, strawberries and cream or a pineapple? Oh, yeah, mm. nah. No. You know what? Favorites, very good. favorites is an excuse to throw all the crappy ones in with the good ones. Yeah. See you later, Turkey's well, Delight. There's, yeah. There's <laughs> pineapple lumps are very good. Nah. Nah. No. Okay. Other side. Do them, man. Can you? Other side like of the that. coin, boys. No, you Other yeah. side of the coin. Yeah. What are you just getting? You just don't want black cats. Yeah. Fruit. Fruit. <laughs> Mandarins. Yeah. Yeah. There's those people that do the healthy ones. Oh no. They're no. A grades. No. Oh, well. But why is it okay for strangers to give kids lollies? I don't. It's just I don't like it. It's wrong on so many. Do your levels. kids go and do it? Your girls, Woogie? No. Nah. Not allowed to. Not allowed to have fun. No. No. Not, not allowed now. to have fun. No. They're too old now. They're too old. But. And the rule is, if you don't want anyone to turn up to your house, you've got to turn your front light off. Yeah. And, and you've you got to know that if, if you only have a handful of lollies and you give them to the first kids, mm. you, you, you do it because they're all, they all just go and tell each other, go to that house. Yeah. Well, I think in our area, you just, you, they just go to the houses of, that have decorations. Correct. So, ah. which are few and far between where we are. <laughs> My wife's sick for it because she's from Scotland. Yeah, and I, so our so. house is decked. Did it rain today? I hope it did. Does she but give it's them decked out. <laughs> She does. Spotted dick. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, that is no, a no, dish though, up there. The door. <laughs> what is spotted dick? What spotted spotted it's dick? Not, it's not Ben Ockett. Story about how story about how they met. What's happening? What? She's a doctor. She was analysing me. And no, that spotted dick is a dish. Right. In the UK. Oh, I thought it was a cake. It's what you get after you stick your genitals know, what, in a blowfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. It's good I think we should back, get out of here. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting a we're off the air. We're finished. Were we on then? <laughs> Jeez, I hope not. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. This bloke must be buggered. He's been so busy. Chris Nelson joining us now. G'day, Nelson. Thank God, we got someone on Jace, the show to make sense. It's, I don't it's know been a big about. week. Oh. Been a big week? It has been. I'm exhausted. Badge is exhausted. I am. I'm exhausted. It's Four a full days. week for you. It's Four days. I know. <laughs> it's not the work. You know what it is, Woogie, that wears me down? The uh, traffic. The no, tra- it's the traffic. The tra- I thought it was going to be me. No, yeah, you, you <laughs> <I'm> not- too. 
Traffic gets me. Does it? Oh. You're right. It's just crappy around here. <laughs> He's so positive. He's going to never fix those roads. Well, Chris I am a know. positive every week until Wednesday. By the time we get to Thursday, go, this shit's me. <laughs> you know what? It's We can't say that. That's your job, and you've got fans listening to this show. What, show some traffic? respect. I can't oh, say that about traffic. Oh, you can say that about traffic. But maybe not swear. Anyway, the man who works from home, Chris Nelson, joining us. Uh, <laughs> mate, any news from the week? It's been a massive week. It has been a massive week, and uh, just just by the by, Badge, I've got one set of traffic lights where I live, so it's very oh. good here. You should move up here. I, I have two, Nelson, but I'll have to come yeah. to the studio that's got about 48 on the way. All right. Listen, you sound like the old anyway. blokes off the Muppets here, so you just continue. <laughs> that's you and me. Yeah, that's uh, look, we've had a big week, uh, as you said, Jase. Uh, highlight today was Zoo Style running second down the straight there at uh, Flemington on Oaks Day. So yeah, I had it for another a good result. Yeah, another good result. Uh, gee, he's been good, and he'll uh, be set for the autumn carnival now. So looking forward to seeing him do his stuff uh, interstate in the autumn. But uh, look, it's been a, a very good week. And any massive results for our Queenslanders, but uh, we've still got Saturday to go. You never know what, what may happen on Saturday. Rightio. And where will we be this weekend? We are racing badge at uh, Doombin on Saturday, Aquas Park Gold Coast on Saturday, and Toowoomba, of course, in the twilight zone. Now, there's a lot of cup meetings, non-TAB meetings, Chinchilla, Cooktown, Kanamoa, and Moranbar. And we race at Winton as well, and that's not a cup meeting. But uh, if you live close to one of those venues, get out, support the local the local community and uh, enjoy the cup day. But the tab-wise, those ones that I mentioned earlier, Doombin, Gold Coast, Toowoomba, and Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Sunday, looking forward to the Sunshine Coast. Badge, told you, in my favourite horses are ones with gold yep. and boom in it. Nelso's found yep. me the best horse. What's it called? <laughs> Golden Boom. There you go. <laughs> Could I do any better? Well, it's uh, it's one trained by Tony Golan. Ryan Maloney's riding on debut. It's won two trials in an absolute canter. It looks like a star at the trials. It'll probably go around at about a dollar thirty, Jase. So mm. you'll need to get to the bank and uh, make a hefty withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are your, your tips apart from that? Uh, Doombin, Doombin Saturday race two number three Hatchet. I think can put them to the sword. He was very good uh, last you time. These down, Woogie. Hatchet yeah. to the sword. Hatchet, oh, hatchet to the sword. You like that? He, uh, What's an axe, the la- his last start, or something like that, last start, he uh, he was sitting outside the leader. He was in a good spot. But then another horse rushed up three wide and threw the race just uh, wide open. And, and things changed. <laughs> yeah, he went back to third. And then he was chasing all the way. He'll go to the front Saturday and he'll lead all the way. Race two, number three, Hatchet. And race three, number three, Bulloo. Beautiful uh, looking trial at uh, the Sunshine Coast recently. Resumes from a break. I know I tipped Amity Gell last time and she was unlucky. She's in this race, but I'm going with Baloo. I think we'll be too strong for Amity Gell. So race two, right. number three. Race three, number three. Righto, so get your money on Amity Gell. Uh, and gamble no. responsibly. <laughs> oh, actually, we should. Don't be like Jason. No, <laughs> please. Queensland is <laughs> racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Are you colouring in? Me? Yeah. No, I like colouring in. I enjoy it, but no, I'm not at the moment. Okay, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Now, so good luck this weekend, mate. You two guys have a great weekend. See you, mate. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.